The Arizona Coyotes record their first win at the mullet, but was it a good Carla and I are going to break this one down, you know, see what we thought about this Arizona Coyotes win over the Florida Panthers on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlak right beside me. On today's episode of Locked On Coyotes, I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on our platforms, and that includes on YouTube. we got a great show for you on today's episode. We are discussing Arizona's 3-1 win over the Florida Panthers at the Mullet, their first home win at Mullet Arena. Um, after, you know, there are so far three games there. Carl, uh, thought your initial thought on this game? Uh, it was definitely uh, an entertaining game. Uh, the Coyotes did uh, a couple good things that I like. Uh, they really got sa- saved by their power play. Two power play goals to give them the win, um, which isn't something that you know, we're going to see too often, but I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Absolutely. You know, two power play goals, as you mentioned, for um, for the Arizona Coyotes. And it, you know what? It I appreciated that, right? I appreciated to see that, that they were struggling earlier, right? But then you mm-hmm. see Nick, you know, and, and not only, like, obviously Nick Ritchie is going to be Nick Ritchie. He's on a power play goal, you know, and tear. Um, but the ceiling. Kraus do well too, right? Because you know, get him, get himself on the board, um, and continue his end of going up, you know, and kind of put, you know, show the reason that it was that the Coyotes made the right decision to give him this extension. Yeah, uh, Kraus is a, a big part of the power play. You know, big body, definitely a player who you're gonna put out there for those kind of situations. Um, he started off the season with two empty net goals, which, you know, empty net goals are fine. You need them, but it's nice to see him actually generating, you know, some, you know, meaning more meaningful goals. Like this one tied up the game, uh, led the way to, you know, make sure that the Coyotes had some momentum going into that final period. Uh, very big goal by Lawson Kraus. Uh, let's also go ahead and uh, highlight. T- uh, Karelve Melka, right? Because mm-hmm. this game could have easily gone a whole different direction if Karelve Melka didn't play in the world. And it's amazing to finally see this again because, like, obviously, if you compare it to last year, Karelve had so many, like, 45 save games. This was, like, what, a 41 save game, which yeah. still was still was good, right? You're over saves in a game, dude. So he looked yeah. good. Yeah, uh, 41 saves on 42 shots, including eight saves on the power play, which is massive because, you know, the Florida Panthers have a lot of offensive weapons. 
I, I think he looked best in the third period, just kind of making sure that, you know, the Panthers didn't get that equalizer late um, with the empty net. But, you know, the team didn't do him too many favors in the second when the, t- when the Coyotes were outshot 16-3. to Yeah, no, if you look at the shot count just in general, it was absolutely, like, atrocious, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. w- want to see exactly what, what the, ent- the entire uh, shot count was. Well, actual shots on goal... It's it's forty two to twenty one, uh, so it's literally two to one, um, which is not great. I I don't imagine like shot attempts or block shots are going to be much better for the Coyotes. Plus, I think a lot of those shot attempts probably went up towards like you know the end of the second and through the third period, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, what was the Coyotes uh, after one? Wasn't it like weren't they like a six or eight shots or something like that? Uh, after after the first period, they were they were actually out shooting the Panthers eight to seven. Uh, there, oh, there, wow, okay. And and things really started to fall apart in the second. It was interesting. the The first period, the Coyotes were out shooting the Panthers, yet looked horrible on the power play. And then the other two periods, the Coyotes were getting badly outshot and had a really good power play. So, can we just cry for consistency, Carl? Yeah. The, the the Coyotes are, are a very inconsistent team, and they're going to continue to be a very inconsistent team. It, uh, it's, it, it's really frustrating sometimes to see it go down that way. It's like, really, guys? You're really going to go down this route? I mean, of course they're going to go down that route. They always go down that route. Yeah, I guess you're right. But, you know, officially one win at Mullet Arena um, to kind of see how that goes um you know i think i don't think i'd have expected the first win at mullet arena to be florida panthers but you know i'll take it yeah uh when when i was doing the the preview for the game on on five for howling uh i did discover that the panthers have a surprisingly weak power play and penalty kill like, you know, you wouldn't expect it. They're a highly skilled team. They won the President's Trophy last year. Uh, Spencer Knight looked really good tonight, too. Um, but other than that, you got Bobrovsky, who is, you know, starting to find his second wind. So you wouldn't expect special teams to be that bad for Florida. And I do think that they're going to go up. But it does look like the Coyotes were able to sneak in and get them at just the right time. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I get you, and like, and I guess the to be to be more specific on what I was trying to get at is, you know, like towards the beginning of the year, if I was like looking at, you know, the schedule for Mold Arena, and it's like, all right, when are the Coyotes going to get their first home win? Then I wouldn't have said yes, but like after knowing what we knew now, I kind of made the prediction. I on the pregame uh, crossover episode with Armando Velas of Lockdown Florida Panthers. I predicted the Arizona Coyotes would win three to two, so the so my score prediction wasn't so far off. I was like, yeah. okay, this is close, this is close, and I still predicted the Coyotes to win, and like, and the Coyotes will get their first win at the Mullet, um, which which ended up happening. 
Uh, before you did that preview, did you think it would be earlier, or did you think they would get it against Dallas, or did you think they would get it in December? I honestly thought it was going to be that first game against Winnipeg. Uh, see, I was I was leaning more towards December. That would have been brutal, though. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't have been. I'm just saying, like the schedule that the Coyotes had. It's, uh, it was, it's, like, yeah, I get you. It's tough. Yeah, it's four really good teams. Uh, and, you know, the Coyotes probably didn't. Yeah. No, if, if you're if you're killing penalties uh, against the Florida Panthers, I say you deserve one. Mm, I would go ahead and make the debate that, and don't get me wrong, you know, I think the Coyotes kind of had a good win here. But did they deserve to win this game? No, I don't think they did. And I'm going to have to go through some of the some of the stats that kind of back that up in just a moment. But first, I'm going to turn the car off for a quick word. So, I just want to tell you guys about all of the flavors for Built Bar. They're new. They're reimagined. We got the cookie dough topper. We got the coconut brownie bar. We got the coconut brownie topper white chocolate peppermint granola it's built's take on a granola bar and it's more filling and still insanely tasty plus you got the candy cane brownie puff uh you got the built puffs and they bring just the universe's most delicious cloud all covered in 100 percent real chocolate what is happening at Built Bar is they are revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly sh- low sugar and calories. There is only 130 calories. And what I want you to do is you can go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your order right now. That's promo code LOCKDOWN15, Built. You got to try this. So let's go ahead and move on. Uh, I said that the Coyotes did not deserve to win this game, Carl. Um, Kind of Mm -hmm. contradicting a little bit of what you said, but there's a reason to it. Um, And it's looking at the expected goals and just the general possession metrics for the Florida Panthers. Florida just dominated the possession game. They had more opportunities to get goals and their expected goals i'm going to show a chart on for those who are watching on youtube carl you're going to take a look at this 6.7 expected goals for for florida panthers versus 2.82 for the arizona coyotes that is disgusting yeah yeah you can see how they really pick things up uh in the second period um for you know people watching at home you're seeing a big spike there you're being seeing a big spike at the very end um otherwise it is it is kind of flat the coyotes were able to really like hold the panthers and not let them run absolutely wild uh outside of a couple of situations um but like i said before if you are able to score two power play goals you're able to limit the panthers to scoring on none of their three power plays the florida panthers like that that means something that means something to me and i get shots i i get we have lots of measures for deserve to win but no guys won this one with special teams 
Like, I'm it's not going to happen every time, but it, it happened tonight. I am getting some some of these stat metrics from uh, from Money Puck, and yeah. um, they actually have. I was just like kind of scrolling through their page. They actually I was looking at it. They have a deserve to win o meter. Um, they deserve to win o meters. Right, their deserve to win o meter was ninety point nine percent in favor of Florida, versus nine point two percent for Arizona. That's why you gotta play the games, though. That's uh, that's why, um, you know, and I like when I look at this game. Do I see it as a repeatable success? Absolutely not. I think eight times out of ten, the Coyotes lose this game. But you know that that is kind of a it's not a good path to success, relying on power play goals and your goalie to stand on his head. But yeah. It's kind of all they can hope for sometimes. Absolutely. There's a lot of different things on that. Um, you take a look at, and just you know, looking at some of the other stats on here, obviously we only mentioned the goal scorers. I kind of want to go back and kind of look at some of the just in general point scorers, those who got on the board. Uh, Clayton Keller, he did score a goal. He scored the empty net, but he also got an assist, right? So mm-hmm. he got the most two points in the game. Um, you know, Lawson Krause of his goal, Nick Ritchie of his goal, but assists. Let's highlight some of those people because JJ Mosier, Christian Fisher, Matthias Michelli, Patrick Nemeth, and Dylan Gunther. That's a nice to see Gunther getting on the board. I thought he looked really good. Um, Matthias Michelli, um, great to see him getting uh, getting an assist as well. Uh, I do kind of want to highlight the the Clayton Keller of it all. He now has. Um, it's showing uh, two goals and six assists, but I thought he had uh, three. Um, yeah, so he has three goals and seven assists, ten points in eight games. That is impressive from Keller. I One of the most the most interesting thing is um, looking at. The total time on ice, too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you this: Can you guess who had like f- first? Uh, who had the longest time on ice for the Coyotes? Mosier. JJ Mosier, 22 minutes 21 seconds. Now here's the interesting: second wasn't a defenseman. Hmm. Was it Barrett Hayton? No, it was not Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton put 1730 on the ice. Still impressive. Still impressive. Uh, was it Keller? It was Keller. 2119. Yeah. Keller just eight minutes today. Um, Mosher, I thought, had a really solid game. Uh, in addition to the assist, he did another one of those, like just taking the puck past a bunch of defenders and going hard to the net as a defenseman uh, i love when he does that Mosier and goss despair like the two bright spots of this defense right now yeah absolutely uh although like you know the longer it goes on the more i kind of appreciate the game of like brown uh or namath uh, stetcher like i'm starting to pick up they definitely got roles i'm not saying that they don't you know um that like they're invisible 
Um, they got definitely got roles, and they're important to this Coyotes defense. But obviously, you know, it's hard to compete when you have Mosier and Gossespierre kind of like running the show in <laughs> in a certain way, you know? Yeah. Plus, like, one of the things about their roles is that, you know, you're not necessarily supposed to notice them as much. Like, you know, a lot of defensemen, it, it often feels like, if unless you're paying very close attention to them, which, you know, you should every once in a while. Like, if you're noticing something, it's because they're doing something wrong. But then you have players like Gossespear, like Mosier, who are just kind of like highlight real guys who are able to, to do that. And, you know, you need both in terms of your defenseman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and just a little bit, though, I do want to touch on a couple other things, too. Um, I want to touch on um, on Dylan Gunther. We're going to do that in just a sec. And I want to, you know, take a – just a, a quick – see what they got with the Coyotes have coming up for them this week. Before we get to that, though, I do want to thank everyone once again on Coyotes. Your first listen today – I can listen. Be sure to check out Locked On Sports. The games that matter most, the biggest in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and experts only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So now let's go and answer and, and ask Carl V. Dylan Gunther question. Dylan Gunther has now played eight NHL games. One more, and that's the max he can play before getting sent back down to the WHL and using and burning a con and without burning a contract year. If you are Bill Armstrong and Andre Torrini, what are you thinking right now? Uh, I think that Gunther has played phenomenally well. Um, with the Coyotes. I think that there is very little he can learn in juniors. I think he is currently looking like a full-time NHL player. I still think that they sent him down after the game. Uh, I think there are contract reasons. I think there are still player development reasons. I One of the biggest things to me is, sure, he's looking good at game nine. How is he going to look at game 50? Because right. you know, it's a long season, and he's going to keep taking some heavy hits that he wouldn't necessarily take. Uh, and the Coyotes are not going to, you know, feels weird to say because they have a really bad record. They are not going to be this good for the entirety of the season. I imagine that there's going to be stretches of them just being downright horrendous. Right. We saw it last year. We're going to see it again this year. So I think I think you send Gunther down um, unless he just comes out there and improves next game that you can. Absolutely. You know, I think I'm on this I'm on the fence, Carl, cuz I'm looking at it in different ways, and there's different questions you got to ask when it comes to Dylan Gunther. You have to ask: A, is he is his development better suited in um, with the Edmonton Oil Kings and WHL? Is there much more he can learn down there than play in the NHL for the Arizona Coyotes? That is question one. Question mm-hmm. two is: How do you foresee his role as an, a member of the Arizona Coyotes past Game Nine? 
Do you see him potentially getting scratched for more often than not? Or do you want to see him on the starting roster almost every single game? Obviously, that's going to be a little bit of a hard a hard ask because he's a young kid. He's only 19 years old. But still, that's still a question I kind of have to ask. He's like, okay, we don't want to have to scratch this kid too much, you know, because that, you know, you want to make sure he gets his development. Um, that kind of goes into the next one, right? Is he going to be more suited where he's going to get the minutes and guaranteed, or where he's definitely looks NHL ready and he's freaking doing well, but with the chance that he needs to get scratched every now and then. So he kind of, um, which would, you know, which is fine, but like if his play diminishes, he has to get scratched more often than not. Those are questions you have to ask. Uh, to me, I really think that um, to, to, as a self, as a self opinionated person to trying to answer that first question is, I, I agree the fact that he cannot learn more in the juniors. He has yeah. already surpassed that. He is NHL ready. Um, that can, that brings me to, to the second question is I still see him potentially getting scratched more often. Cause again, we're talking inconsistency. We would expect him to play like this for, you know, say 67 games, right? Because I'm just going to put a number of how many games he's probably going to miss to scra- getting scratched or getting rotated out. Um, it's, it's just, you know, inconceivable to ask a 19 year old who's just, you know, a rookie to be able to consistently play at that level, you know, for that many games. But I think that said, I think he, uh, has that worth. He has that worth. And I think they keep him up. So, uh, I, I agree with you. It is not fair to ask a a 19 year old player to be a consistent NHL player uh, especially on a bad team like a team where honestly it is going to rely on him to to generate offense if he is up here like he is he's absolutely going to have a role he's going to have a prime role um since I think he's he started to get some like pretty good time with Clayton Keller um if not, like he's still got plenty of people on his line who, you know, are going to depend on him. And, you know, I, I do often wonder what's best for the team and what's best for the team is making sure that Gunther is developed properly. Like, same thing goes with Logan Cooley. They have less control over that situation because he's an NCAA prospect. They can't sign him to an ELC. They can't have him play. But they have all the control over what they do with Dylan Gunther. And, you know, we're not practicing with the team. We're not in the locker room. We're not, you know, talking about what everyone ate, making sure that he's on the right diet. Like the, the coaching staff, the, the staff, they're the ones who are there. They're going to the ones who make the, the call. And I'm sure it's going to be based on, you know, a holistic approach to where Dylan Gunther is at. And if he is sent down, he has absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. He has put on a hell of a run. Um, and I think he is a lot closer than I think than a lot of people thought. Like going back to before the season started, there was speculation on whether or not he would even make the team out of training camp. He didn't last year, 
but he has, he stuck around and he has made himself known and you love to see it. Yeah. And I know the, you know, the injury to Nick Schmoltz kind of does make a difference on, you know, how often he's been playing, but yeah. you take a look at the fact that, you know, the Coyotes have played uh, nine games total and Dylan Gunther has played in eight of them. Right. Um, he's, only missed that first one. He was scratched in that first one, and then he played the rest. That kind of gives you somewhat of an idea of how they plan to use him. I can see him. I I can see him be you know used uh, adequately, you know, and appropriately with the Coyotes. It's just you know, it really is hard to look long term and past you know December. And it's like, all right, what's he going to look like past then? Um, and it's, and that's what makes it the hard decision, right? Obviously, luckily I, we're not the ones making this decision, but it is a really tough decision to do that. Cause like, you got to think of all those different factors. Um, again, I, I'm like, again, you and I are kind of in disagreement. You think they're going to send them down. I think they're going to keep them up, but like that, that just shows you, you know, how on the fence, I think this, the situation really is. Absolutely. Uh, if there's anyone outside of the Coyotes coaching staff, uh, Dylan Gunther or Dylan Gunther's agent who claims to know exactly what's happening, uh, don't trust them. Like, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who have good ideas, but I do think this could be a situation where it comes down to his next game against the Dallas Stars. Like, if he has a big game, then that could be it. Uh, I thought he looked good tonight uh against the panthers i don't think it was necessarily like a game-changing game i don't i don't see it as being something that you know other than he performed adequately uh against the panthers but as you brought up the the team did not do good so like i don't know was this a big enough game for to earn him a spot who really knows yeah, I don't think that he's made enough to guarantee he stays up. I think he's done enough where you have to ask the question. Because um, yeah. if you had asked me at around game two or three, I'm like, oh, yeah, run it up until game nine, um, even maybe even before then. Just, you know, see what he does, see how he how he fits in. And I'm like, all right, we, we've, we've had I'm at this point. I'm just, dude. We're ha- not only are we having fun with him, but like he's give somewhat giving you a reason to keep him up. So he's that's, making a very strong case for himself. He's making a strong case for himself, and you know, what would put him up getting a hat trick on Thursday? But <laughs> uh, that's saying that's asking for a lot. That that is. That, that that definitely is. Uh, I mean, although it should be said the Coyotes do have another injury uh, before the game. Zach Cassian had to miss with, a, I believe, an upper body injury. Um, Coyotes substituted uh, Dyson Mayo. So you guys Dyson Mayo substituting a, for, a forward defenseman. The Coyotes decided to go with 11 forwards and, and, uh, and seven defensemen. Common. They did it quite often last year. Yeah. I think their blue line was a little bit better last year, though. Uh, maybe it was a little bit better last year. A... But, 
Um, uh, yeah. Th- so, so depending on how that goes, there may be a spot for Gunther, even if Schmaltz returns. Yeah, there. And I think you know, I think Gunther is just getting like right place, right time. You know, and he's getting that opportunity, and he's gonna look good for it. I think whatever happens, know the Coyotes are gonna be in good hands after what we've seen from sample size of what we've been able to see from Dylan Gunther in the NHL. Yep. He is definitely looking really good and you know, kind of proves that the, the team was right to make that pick. Absolutely. Any final thoughts you'd like to share about this game, about Dylan Gunther, about anything before we get ready to close things off? I just, it was, it was nice to see the first win at Mullet arena. Uh, it's, you know, we we talked about the the Coyotes getting their first win of the game and how much of a relief that is. I think that getting the first win at home is also a big relief. Uh, definitely eases the tension going into uh, this Thursday's game. Absolutely, that Thursday's game coming up pretty soon. Obviously, it's on Thursday. Arizona Coyotes versus Dallas Stars. We're gonna have a preview about that beforehand, and we're gonna have a post game. Hopefully, if all things goes, we'll be the post game from Mullet Arena. Otherwise, I'll be coming back home right after the game because I'll be there. I'll be there at Mullet Arena for the game as a member of the media this time rather than as a fan. Looking forward to seeing how that turns out. But for today, of Locked On Coyotes, if you like what you don't forget to leave a five star review, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to put us on social, on Facebook, Facebook slash Locked On Coyotes, on Instagram at Locked On Coyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock FFH. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, answer right back, or on a future episode of Locked On Coyotes Podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Who is it? Insane safe. I hope you guys are staying healthy, and don't forget to howl on.